about to hear is true. Catholic Commentary. Spiritual Warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. One man car right now. Eddie's uh, will be joining me any minute now. It'll be a two man car. Hey, uh, month of December. What a beautiful month. What a beautiful time of the year. Christmas music, Christmas tree, lights in people's houses, you know, just uh, beautiful music in the malls, uh, malls, department stores lit up, at least out here in Arizona. I don't know how it is in other places. A lot of neighborhoods uh, with Christmas lights, a lot of nativity sets. That's a beautiful thing. Remember, the month of December is dedicated to the Immaculate Conception, the first 24 days of December fall during the liturgical season known as Advent. And then we're going to be going into Christmas season. And uh, the liturgical colors will change from purple to white and gold, which is a symbol of joy, purity, and innocence. <clears throat> when my partner Eddie gets on, we'll continue talking about the Libra Crystal method of healing and deliverance. We're going to be talking about the occult and generational sin starting on page 63. Generational sin starting on page 63. But for now, I want to talk a little bit about Elon Musk. He came on Joe Rogan's show and he blasted George Soros. I was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, it takes a lot of guts to do that. You know, these guys are all part of the Billionaires Club. I didn't think they would, would cross swords, but Elon Musk, he said the following to Joe Rogan. He says, quote, in my opinion... George Soros fundamentally hates humanity. He's doing things to erode the fabric of civilization. Close quote. That's what Elon Musk said about George Soros during a Joe Rogan interview. <clears throat> Elon Musk, if you don't know who he is, he's, a, he's the richest man in the world. And more and more, he seems to be moving towards more conservative causes. Elon Musk is a CEO of Tesla, and he's also the owner of of, of so, the social media platform known as X. It used to be called Twitter. <clears throat> and when he was being interviewed by Joe Rogan, he took a hard swing at, 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 at this far-left billionaire uh, financier, George Soros, accusing them of fundamentally hating the human race and strategically eroding the fabric of society by funding district attorneys who refuse to prosecute crimes. <clears throat> this interview that happened a few weeks ago uh, it featured again this uh, the outspoken entrepreneur in a wide-ranging conversation that covered topics from space exploration to the future of artificial intelligence. But it was his comments about George Soros that immediately ignited conversations on social media platforms. Elon Musk, who's recently expanded his business portfolio with the acquisition of Twitter, he began the conversation by addressing Soros's political influence, stating this quote: "I mean Soros, I believe." He is the top contributor to the Democratic Party. The second one was Sam Brinkman, freed, close quote. <clears throat> so these comments by Elon Musk, <clears throat> they set the stage for <clears throat> Musk following bombshell accusations, which painted far-left Soros as a shadowy figure working to destabilize not just American society, but humanity at large. 
<clears throat> Elon Musk said about uh, Soros. He said he had a very difficult upbringing, and in my opinion, he fundamentally hates humanity. That's my opinion. Close quote. Elon Musk further elaborated on his claims that he's getting uh, woke district attorneys <clears throat> to be to be hired by uh, you know by dumping a lot of money into their campaigns. And he sees that this he says that this is deleterious to law and order in cities like San Francisco, Los Angeles, and other places. <clears throat> Elon Musk said that Soros is doing things that erode the fabric of civilization. You know, like getting the DAs elected who refuse to prosecute crime. <clears throat> when um, Joe Rogan asked him whether this antagonism was aimed at humanity or is it just the United States as a whole, Elon Musk responded he's pushing things in other countries as well. Now, <clears throat> George at this point is pretty old, and he's probably a little bit senile at this point. But he, you know, he has the next of kin. He's got a son that's going to s- step in and fill his shoes. <clears throat> Elon Musk didn't stop at painting Soros as a destabilizing figure. He also dissected Soros' approach to political spending as a form of arbitrage. So, what is arbitrage? The in financial markets. Arbitrage is the practice of taking advantage of a price difference between two or more markets, buying a product cheap in one place and selling it at a profit in another. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a principle Soros mastered in the financial world, and according to Elon Musk, he's applied it to the realm of politics. Elon pointed out that, that Soros is good at spotting basically arbitrage, like spotting value for money, that other people don't see. So one of the things he noticed was that the value of money for money in local races is much higher than it is in national races. He says that the lowest value for money is a presidential race. Then the next lowest value for money is a Senate race than a Congress. Uh, Elon Musk said, but once you get to sort of city and state uh, district attorneys, they value money extremely good. And Soros realized that you don't actually need to change the laws. You just need to to change how they're enforced. If nobody chooses to enforce the law or the laws are differently enforced, it is like changing the laws. And so, uh, yeah, this guy is not only a troublemaker here in the U.S., he's also an international troublemaker. George Soros, in case you don't know who he is, he's a multi-billionaire atheist Jew with warp values a malformed, deformed moral conscience. Soros is motivated by the destructive power of greed in order to disrupt Western countries by financing subversive tactics. He considers himself to be an, an, um, an elite world-class philosopher. He despises the American way <clears throat> and he loves to do social engineering and change cultures by setting up nonprofits and funding leftist progressive socialist causes through the political parties and the media, which are his friends or his buddies. Eddie, welcome, brother, to Man Car. How are you doing, Jess? Welcome. Good, good. Uh, reporting for duty, sir. All right, bro. Hey, I'm just uh, giving just some summaries about George Soros, about this evil guy. Elon Musk kind of outed him, which is a good thing. Seems like Elon Musk seems to be on our side, Eddie. He's, uh, he's saying things more and more that as a Roman Catholic and a political conservative – 
I'm he's he, I'm saying, hey, I think this guy is turning out to be an ally for us. Yeah, Jess, you know what? I, I believe that's true. And I always thought that since he first uh, bought the X or, 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 you know, transformed it to X, um, I think that he is. I think he's he's very um, conservative in his approach to things, even though he may not um, be a Republican or, or, or claim Republican, uh, the Republican Party. But I think he is. He's very conservative in how he approaches things. And I'm I'm happy that he is. Yeah, he's been he's been saying things that have been surprising me in the last couple of months. You know, you know, like he he said that uh, <clears throat> you know we have too few children in the world. We got to stop depopulating. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, we need more children. <clears throat> um, you know, when he when he criticized George Soros, uh, he's criticized Joe Biden. He says Joe Biden can't win the next election because uh, <clears throat> the country can't take another years of, of Joe Biden. So what I'm saying is that. <clears throat> this guy seems to be moving more towards towards the right, which I'm, which I'm glad because the left has a whole bunch of billionaires in their hip pocket, and it's good for us to have one billionaire on our side, Eddie. What do you think? No, it's true, Jess. For a long time, we've been waiting for somebody like Elon Musk to join the uh, the ranks, our ranks, and I think that's um, that's what he's done. He pretty much has joined our ranks. Like you said, as the time goes on, everything he's saying is little by little more... You could say Catholic, you could say uh, conservative, but either way, it's a good thing for us because we don't have too many on our side, as we know. <laughs> yeah. And the only the, the one billionaire that we have on our side, uh, uh, Donald Trump, they want to put him in jail. They're, they're doing everything to put that billionaire in jail. <clears throat> it's, uh, they're doing their best, Jess. They're doing their best. I hope he resists that. Amen. I hope he does. You know, I hope they don't I hope they don't accomplish what they're trying to do. <clears throat> we, also, one of the things I know about George Soros, Eddie, years ago I read he was the he was the guy that financed the whole marijuana industry. He gave like the seed money. He gave like seventy million dollars to the Democrats so they can put billboards and 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 put ads on the internet to start promoting marijuana. And little by little, I think there's like sixteen states that have legalized it. So that seed money that he gave, <clears throat> it's it's for it it's it's it, it always has destructive. Uh, corrosive effects. He's also big on open borders. George uh, George Soros is a, a is a big open borders guy. He's a big you know legalized drug guy. He's big on euthanasia. He's given a lot of money to euthanasia. He's also a, a big on the one world government. So <clears throat> yeah, this guy is a this guy's a dangerous guy. And I'm going to tell you, at his uh, exit interview, if he doesn't repent and and uh, turn to Jesus. It's not going to fare too well for him. He may he may experience some serious global warming. Yeah, just you know, it's it's kind of funny because um, you know you're saying all the things that are contributing to the downfall of this society, and and he's pretty much came out and said that. So I think uh, yeah, he's right on. He's he's with us. You know, those who are not against us are with us, Jess. So that's what we're that's what we believe right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. George Soros is an atheist. He claims to be an atheist. He's a billionaire. <clears throat> he's a He's a Jew, but I think he's a self-hating Jew. I mean, uh, there's a... <clears throat> he also funds a lot of anti-Catholic causes. Like, for example, Catholics in Alliance for the Common Good, Catholics United, Catholics for Choice. These are all phony Catholic uh, 501c3 organizations. He funds them. George Soros funds them. Dangerous guy. All right, guys, up next, <clears throat> let's go back to school three units. We're going to talk about the occult and generational sin. Liber Cristo method of healing and delivery.
now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol Jesus 911 two-man car, back to school. Take out your Liber Crystal Method manual. And I'll tell you why we're doing this, because without a doubt, Eddie, there's a rise in Satanism in, in our country. Uh, you can see... For example, I'll give you a practical example. We have a Satanist that works in the White House. High-ranking position. He was, uh, he was uh, assigned. He's the, uh, he's the uh, secretary for monkeypox. The secretary of monkeypox. He's a Satanist. <clears throat> he's, uh, his, uh, he's a PhD. He's, he's a young guy. And you can see his uh, social media accounts. He has all kinds of satanic tattoos on him. He always wears satanic insignia. He has a gym, a workout gym, which is a, a satanic gym. And he works for the president. <clears throat> you also have a bunch of transgenders that work on the White House. You also have after-school programs <clears throat> that offer, that offer um, satanic after-school programs. You have Planned Parenthood that's uh, involved in, 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 a, in a lot of the schools. Uh, you also have uh, drag queen story hours in a lot of public schools, in a lot of libraries. Uh, yeah, the, the guy that's the monkeypox deputy coordinator, his name's Dr. Dimitri Daskalakis. Daskalakis. Just go on the internet, type in his name. You'll see he's got pentagrams on his chest. He has uh, ta uh, satanic tattoos all over his body. He's always wearing satanic t-shirts underneath his his, uh, his suits. He, wears, he runs a satanic workout gym. Uh, his social media account, he says, Hail Satan all the time. This guy, uh, and he's not the only guy. Again, uh, th this president has about three transgenders working for him. Something that's very interesting is that Lucian Greaves, who's the, 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 the Pope of the Temple of Satan in the U.S., okay, Harvard graduate, he said in an interview recently that 90% of, of uh, the members of the Temple of Satan in the United States are LGBTQ and transgender. So they work together, Eddie. The, the LGBT community and the transgender movement, they are basically connected at the hip. And so that's why we're doing these shows on Mondays because we as Catholics need to know how to fight back because the occult is all around us. Eddie, comments? Just, there's one other thing, too. I mean, this has been consistent. The Democrats have had people, Satanist people, uh, uh, you know, Satan-worshipping people, uh, John Podesta. John Podesta in Clinton's administration was one of the main uh, Satanists that, that the, you know, the society knew of, uh, and he wasn't quiet about it. He was very out there. He, uh, he actually... Um, there's a video that shows he cut his finger in the middle during a ritual or something. Uh, and, and so this was some of the... This is some of the consistencies that the, the, uh, the Democratic Party has uh, has illustrated for us, Jess. And uh, anybody that's voting for uh, the Democrats now, they are um, going to have some global warning as well, Jess. <laughs> yeah, John Podesta was in, is a he's been involved in what's called spirit cooking, which is a mockery of the right. Catholic Mass. Spirit cooking is something that's uh, that's done by a high-ranking Satanist. Her name is. Marina Abramovic, she's like the, she's like the chaplain to the to the rich and famous. 
uh, and they all want to cavort with her. They all want to be discipled and mentored by her. And she does these spirit cooking sessions for the rich and famous. It's like a mockery of the Catholic mass. And uh, John Podesta is, uh, is, participates in those spirit cookings with her as well. So <clears throat> let's jump into the solution now, now that we talked about the problems. On page 63 of, uh, of the book, The Liber Crystal Method, it says, Victory in spiritual combat lies in purity of thought, word, and deed. This means militating strongly against all sin, for as the Catechism states, deliberate and unrepentant venial sin disposes us little by little to commit mortal sin. While humans tend to be led by emotions and the subjective, the demon always works in the objective. This is important here. That's an important phrase that's always mentioned by it. In other words, demons, demons don't care about how you feel. They, they operate in the objective. If you're in mortal sin, you give them permission to attack. You give them permission to enter. You give them permission to torment you. So they work on not how you feel. They work on, on your status, on how you're living. If you're, in, if you're in a state of grace, you're protected. Okay, you may not even you may feel depressed today. You may not feel good, but if you're in a state of grace, you're protected. But if you're in a state of mortal sin, you're unprotected. That's what Dan means and, and Father Ripperger that the demons always work in the objective, not the subjective. The interactive aspect of the occult means that this activity is a two-way street. Prayer begets what it signifies. That is, you get what you ask for in prayer according to the words of the Lord: "Ask and you shall receive." Make no mistake, incantations, rituals using inanimate objects such as feathers, hair, clothing, items, love potions, crystals, etc. are all forms of prayer petition to the demon behind them. The reason we emphasize this is because a significant number of possessions and deep obsessions are a result of occult involvement. Eddie, we help, we work, we, we're involved with that all the time. I get so many phone calls. I'm working with, like, with three people right now. In my parish, in this area of Phoenix, Southeast Phoenix, <clears throat> uh, they're into superstitious practice. They carry amulets, lucky charms, you know, wind chimes, and they're saying things are happening in my house. I said, well, first of all, what do you got in your house? They told me, I said, get rid of all of that. Smash it, burn it, and get out of your property. Really? But I got it as a gift. I thought it was harmless. No, it isn't. I said, all these things that you're describing in your house, you've invited evil spirits in. Comment it. Come. Yeah, just you know, it's, it's important for us to realize that um, just as there are angels of worship, uh, you know, uh, angels of, uh, for prayer, angels of song, there are also uh, opposing demons in, in the same category. So you have demons uh, that are for the same purpose on the other side. And so when Dan says the demons that are behind them, that's what he's referring to. Just he's he's referring to the demons that are behind the things that he mentioned about uh you know the amulets the uh the the rituals of the the inanimate objects the feathers uh clothing items they're all demons behind those things that they pray to and get their um, their favors and uh, I'll tell you what Jess, when somebody steps into the realm of of praying for that and being involved in that that's when you become spiritually afflicted and and you know it may not happen right away just because we know that the demons have patience but yeah. uh it can't it will happen sooner or later it will happen yeah just like in the movie nefarious remember uh yeah they're patient but what man when they come in they come in with a vengeance uh in the movie nefarious the psychiatrist started kind of mocking the uh the serial killer he was actually having a conversation with the demon and he says, okay, come on, come in me, come in me. He holds his hands up like this. Come on, come, I'm, I'm telling you, come in me. Let's see what you can do. He was mocking him and Nefarious just looked at him 
And he's and he just basically says something like he's laughing. He says, hey, don't worry. He says, I'm patient. And and and, and he was patient. When did he get afflicted? When the serial killer was was about to be executed and the psychiatrist went to the room to go watch the execution, he was attacked at that moment. And he was at that moment, he became diabolically afflicted and tormented. And even after in the radio program that, that he with Glenn Beck, uh, he said that he was still 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 dealing with that demon. And w- when did it happen? When he was talking to the prisoners and he said, come on, come in me. You can't hurt me. Come on. Uh, let's see. Possess me, you know, in mockery. And, that, and that's they're, they're patient. They're patient. Yeah, just definitely. We'll, we'll go on here because it'll explain a little bit. Go more ahead. About this. Go ahead. It says, rather than entrusting their situation to God, whether it be an infertility, loneliness, financial problems, health issues, and the like, many people turn to alternative sources such as curanderas, tarot, new age, and the like. Ouija boards and tarot cards, for example, invoke evil spirits for some favor and open to persons and open the persons to diabolic affliction by giving permission to the demons that are called upon. The demon will happily respond, especially when he sees that the one petitioning bears the indelible mark of baptism on his soul. Mm. Imagine one of Rogers Rangers showing up at the enemy camp asking for some favor in exchange for information on Rogers battle plans. He would be called a traitor and rightly so, but welcomed into the enemy's camp with open with open arms. You are a spiritual traitor to the living God when you seek favors from the infernal enemy. Good line. Yeah, that's a perfect line. That's a good Once line. Once inside his camp, it's not easy to get out. <laughs> yeah, there, there it is. Like we've always, we've always said, uh, getting in shape is very difficult. Getting out of shape is very easy. Inviting a demon into your life is very easy. Getting them out is very difficult. That That's what Dan just said. He says... And laying down your arms and freely, walk, and freely walking into the enemy's encampment, to be clear, and to be clear, regardless of your subjective in, intention for doing so, you've opened yourself to diabolical f- affliction in, a, in the exchange because you've given permissions to the demons invoked. For this reason, the church forbids all divination, such as conjuring the dead or other methods which unveil the future, as it prohibits in Catechism 21.16. You should therefore learn to trust God in all things, even in suffering or in uncertainty. Yeah, that's the big issue. The entire Bible is a, is, is a book that challenges every single one of us. God is basically saying, I'm your father. Do you trust in me? Yes or no? And that's the question we have to answer every single day. People that fall into the hands of the devil have basically said, no, God, I don't trust in you. I need to find an alternative store, source to be happy to find out what my future, who I'm going to marry, how much money I'm going to make. I don't trust you, God. I don't trust divine providence. I need to know, so I'm going to have to seek this knowledge through through occult means. And just one of the things that we have to understand and realize is, uh, you know, in certain life situations, the hopeless, the elderly, the brokenhearted, these are people that may encounter these issues, and it's all it all begins by not trusting God in all things. Yeah. So one might say, yeah, well, you know, I'll never get better, or or they'll never forgive me. Uh, you know, slowly, slowly lose trust in God. They put themselves. Uh, taken into a position where their next step is searching a place for answers that does not 
uh, honor God and it, that that's the occult. And so that's what we have to realize is that there are certain people that are in life situations that we need to, to support, hold up in prayer, because it's very easy for some of them to not trust God in all things. That's right. You want to pick up the next paragraph? Yeah, the uh, the activities performed through occult practices to obtain favors or discover the future deeply offend God. According to the catechism, such activities are a re recourse to Satan or demons. These are depraved acts of spiritual infidelity, wow. which call upon a demon for some favor. As the psalmist writes, all the gods of the Gentiles are demons. That's from the Greek demonia uh, in Psalms 96, 5. Of those Israelites who committed false worship in the desert, he says, they sacrificed to demons, literally to demons, as seen in the Hebrew Shedim and Greek demonia, and their sons and daughters shedding innocent blood, the blood of their own sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan. The demon takes any such interactive activity very seriously. According to, uh, accordingly, to participate in occult activity is to give overt permission for a demon to enter into your life. Stick around, don't go anywhere, we'll continue. Going to school, three college units, Liber Cristo, method of spiritual combat. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two-man car. We're talking about renunciation of of evil of evil influences in, as as it relates to the occult and generational sin and uh eddie it's uh one of the words that keeps coming out in liber cristo and the teachings of father ripperger's lectures and kyle clement is is permission permission and i've asked father about this and he says yeah it's 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 important for us to get the terms right he says the demons have no rights over us because we're baptized we belong to christ we have the indelible mark. Uh, we are sons and daughters of God. We receive the sacraments. We have a faith life. And so the only one that has rights over us is God. But demons don't have rights. They get permission. And they get permission by our acquiescing to the temptations that they project. They project temptation through angelic knowledge, through, a, through angelic projection. And, then, and we just start giving up ground or we start ceding ground to them. Little by little, as we start, uh, you know, seeding ground to them, this is how stronger and stronger uh, the temptation grows in intensity. The te temptations grow in, 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 in duration. And until they got, a, as St. Paul says in the book of Ephesians, I think it's chapter four, until they have a stronghold in our life. That's the word that St. Paul uses. They get a stronghold. And that's because little by little, we're just giving in, uh, giving them permission and and we're seeding, we're we're acquiescing to the temptations one after another, and and the and the three temptations that people generally fall into, are the world of the occult, which there's a thousand things behind that. The world of the occult, the world of intoxication, which is narcotics or alcohol or a combination thereof, or the world of sexual perversion. Those are the three main doors that demons enter into the life of a human person. The world of intoxication. Drugs, alcohol, a combination of thereof, 
the world of narco uh, of the, the world of uh, sexual perversion or the world of the occult. Those are the three. Father Vince Lampert, the exorcist from Indianapolis, says those are generally the three main doors, the way they enter, that you give permission for them to enter into your life because demons are like Sancho's. They're trying to, and you know, Eddie and me are Hispanic. We know what that term means. A Sancho is uh, is 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 the person that that uh, your husband or your 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 wife is having an affair with, or your wife's having an affair with. Okay, her lover. And so that's what demons. We're supposed to be in 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 an affair with God, in a relationship with God. And the demon tries to get in between us and God. He's an interloper. He's a Sancho. And that's what that's the definition of mortal sin in the Catechism. It says. Mortal sin separates you from God. That's a basic definition of mortal sin. Well, tr who tries to separate you from God through mortal sin? The demon. He's an interloper. Eddie? Jess, you know, that, that's why I, I, I can't overstate this, Jess. The confession is such a gem for us because you know what? When we get rid of some of that, even some of that venial sin, when we go to confession and, and, and confess venial sin, we're starting over again. So it starts all over again. And, you know, you don't continue getting tempted little by little. It starts over again. Now you have the strength, this this grace that God gives us that helps us stay away from those things. And so eventually that will help us uh, stay away from mortal sin. But we have to use that in order to benefit from it. So that's that's the issue, Jess. Yeah, uh, and we, we, we have to remember that it's sanctifying grace from the sacraments that strengthens our soul. It's strength, it, it, it illuminates the intellect, the mind. It strengthens the will. That's your ability to say yes to God and no to sin. Sanctifying grace. Push-ups doesn't strengthen your, your, your soul. Pull-ups doesn't strengthen your soul. Shooting a gun at the range doesn't strengthen your soul. Sanctifying grace strengthens your soul. That's the advantage that we as Catholics have over all the other religions. So uh, thanks be to God. Th thank you, Jesus, for making me a Catholic. All right, let's pick it up, Eddie. Where, uh, where are we at? Okay, God makes this very clear when he gave the Ten Commandments to Israel. As part of the first commandment, uh, as part of the, of the first commandment includes the consequences for having other gods besides me by carving idols for yourselves in the shape of anything in the sky above or on the earth below in the waters of the, uh, of the beneath, beneath the earth. To these, God clearly commands, you shall not bow down before them or serve them. So uh, this forbids making graven images of the idols, including amulets, talismans, as sigils to invoke their power, as still used in the occult. Obedience or disobedience to this commandment has an effect on the family line. For I, the Lord uh, God, am a jealous God, bringing punishment for their parents' wickedness on the children of those who hate me down to the third and fourth generation but showing love down uh, down to the thousandth, thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. That's in Deuteronomy 5. Notice the context here is the first commandment, and the, to hate God is to bow down to false gods, which the psalmist clearly noted were demons. And uh, yeah, Jeff, because you know when we kneel down at Mass, when we recite prayers, we bow our heads either for a blessing, the final blessing, or to honor the, uh, the Mother of God. These are legitimate body postures for worship. And so, um, uh, you know, if we lose our faith and begin to search and look for other created things, 
and worship these entities by our actions, by worship, that's when we get into spiritual uh, to spiritual uh, trouble, Jesse. And I'll, uh, and I'll tell you a classic example of this violation. It just happened a few short years ago. Is uh, they carried an Amazonian uh, earth goddess called Pachamama over in the Vatican in the presence of Pope Francis. And you had many priests, uh, Eddie, they yep. bowed down on their face in worship of this pagan Amazonian idol. Now, this was done in the presence of the Pope. And I know I, my, my, my eyes saw it. I, my eyes didn't lie to me. That was an act of worshiping a false idol, a pagan idol, inside the Vatican Gardens in the presence of the Pope. And so um, Cardinal Raymond Burke, he, he said that action right there opened the door to demons inside the Catholic Church. And we're, we're talking a big opening, Eddie, because we're talking about the Pope, who is the father of Christianity on earth. By allowing that to happen, Cardinal Burke says he, he opened a big door to the demons into the Catholic Church. Is it a wonder, Eddie? that the church is in the condition we're at right now? Why? Because of the sins of the father affect the rest of the family, just like that. the next verse that you wrote, read right there in, in the book, in Deuteronomy chapter 5. Um, your sins, my sins, affect my family <clears throat> because grace flows through the father and also the father's lack of faith uh, also affects the family. The family's unprotected. A parish... Uh, that priest, his sins or his holiness affects the parishioners. A bishop, his holiness or lack thereof affects the diocese. A pope, his holiness or lack thereof affects the entire Catholic Church. Just isn't he supposed to protect us when it comes to faith and morals? Isn't the pope's job to keep Pachimamas out of the Vatican or out of places of public worship? Of course. Uh, that's 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 what I'm yeah. getting from this. So, so if I'll, the leader does it, yeah. No, no, go ahead, Jesse. You're right. Yeah, and and uh, of the Ten Commandments, the Church has always taught us that the 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 worst commandment to break out of all ten is number one. That's the worst commandment to break out of all ten, because that's a direct offense against God. Most of the other ones from from four to ten. Their offenses against each other, the body of Christ. But number one, it's it, God wrote that commandment as number one for a reason, because that's the most serious commandment to break, and that was a that was an act of idolatry, Eddie, in full living color, in the Catholic Church. And I, I hope he's repented of it, and all the priests that were worshiping that Pachamama idol, I hope they repented of it. But that's an Amazonian earth goddess, and I've done some research on it. It also, uh, supposedly this earth goddess uh, used to do some very evil things to human beings. Also, something else that you read that jumps out in me in the book is mom and dad's faith are very important to bring holiness or to uh, to bring curses to the family. You just read it right from Dan's book, Deuteronomy 5, 9, 9 and 10. Look, it says, it says that, uh, God's a jealous God, bringing the punishment for their parents' wickedness or their parents' sins on the children of those who hate me down to the third and fourth generation. Is it a wonder why so many kids are diabolically afflicted or just living disordered lives, lives with incredible defects of character and personality? 
It's because mom and dad are secular humanists. They're not practicing Catholics. And so their kids are unprotected by the diabol- from the diabolical down to the third and fourth generation. But when you become a person of faith, mom and dad become people of faith, you read that same verse, it says that your kids are blessed and protected to the thousandth generation. So mom and dad have a lot to do, Eddie, with all the diabolically, uh, diabolically afflicted people walking around on planet Earth today. Yes, and you know, recently we have people come in uh, to the church looking for, uh, uh, you know, to, to get rid of some of this affliction. We have to go back through the generations in the family. So this is this is what somebody who decides to go out and have a night of infidelity on their spouse uh, gets for their their children. It's something that's uh, that's that's not good, and it takes a long time to get rid of it. That's why we're talking about, you know, it takes a long time to get out of the enemy's camp, and that's the reality. Just you have to go back generation by generation and 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 uh have the priest do commands over the family uh just that can take a long time depending on, on how many times this has been going on this is what causes people to come back for 70 75 sessions with the priest to get rid of some of these <laughs> demons it takes a long time yeah it's like uh becoming diabolically afflicted it's like stepping on tar you know uh it, go home and try to take that tar from your boots. Say your boots have grooves on the bottom. Go home and take that tar out of your boots. See how long it takes. It was easy to get that tar. You just stepped in it one time. Go home and see how many hours it takes you to clean your boots and and uh, and make them tar free. You're listening to Jesus 911 Two Man Car. We're talking about uh, renunciation of diabolical influences as it relates to the occult and generational sin. We'll be right back. Stick around. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, the liberal crystal method of a field manual for spiritual combat. Uh, this is pure gold, that he, this book that Dan Schneider wrote. So what book is this? It are, it, they are the lectures of Father Chad Ripperger. And Kyle Clement, they've been working together in the field of exorcism for about 17 years now. And uh, Dan was tasked with the job. He was tasked with the job of making it user friendly for lay people. And uh, Eddie, what do you think? A user friendly book? I I, I like it because he uses a lot of military terms. And I think I think that appeals to the the, the male uh, intellect. What do you think? Yeah, yes, it does. It, 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 you know, it lends itself to those of us who have that that background. So those of us in first responders, uh, those military people, uh, even men who just want to uh, wait till the next, uh, uh, you know, uh, insertion of a, of a military uh, phrase or something, they're waiting for this so they can be pushed and helped in their in their. Uh, in their faith, just because that's what this is doing. This is keeping men interested in this book, and that's what gets me. That's what uh, uh, solidifies my uh, just my desire to want to keep going to understand this more deeply. Yeah, yeah. amen. So remember, there's a Father Chad Ripper, and I guess I should mention this every week. He's got a four phase protocol that he's devised. Phase one is in the back of the book. It's from page three hundred nine to three fourteen. 
Phase one is phase one is a thirty day prayer prayer protocol to break the diabolical influence of a person that knocks at the parish door, says I need help, and the the, the pastor and the team may believe that they're diabolically afflicted based on an interview with them. And then phase two, this is basically phase two. We're going through all of it. Phase two is is basically pulling weeds. Uh, and the book is basically phase two. Phase three, they start meeting with the pastor. The pastor functions like a general practitioner. And the pastor is, uh, they're going to confession every every week. Uh, they're, uh, they're, they're doing their protocol of prayers. They're being catechized. Catechesis continues. The priest is, uh, is laying hands on them, doing blessings and binding prayers. Uh, deliverance prayers over them as well. Uh, then if the, the priest deems and the team deems now, uh, nothing's, you know, th- this person is still uh, afflicted at a very high level. Then at that point, while they would want to seek the bishop's permission and uh, send them to the mandated exorcist, or they can get permission for that priest that's doing, but has, has been doing the minor deliverance prayers over the person they can get permission. It's kind of an ad hoc for that case only to do the, the rite of exorcism over them. So that's the four-phase protocol. It takes about 120 days when it's followed meticulously. But Father Ripperger says in 17 years, when somebody gets all the way to phase four, they need an exorcism, and I drive the demon out. First of all, the demons are weakened because by the time they get to me, they're fully catechized. They've have, they know how to pray now. They have a prayer life. They have their interior life is pretty deep. Father Ripperger told me, he goes, just by the time I get them in 120 days, I'm dealing with a holy Catholic. I'm dealing with a holy Catholic and it's easy to drive the demons out. And he told me everybody that's possessed that I've driven the demons out of in phase four, they never come back. A hundred percent of the demons have never come back to the persons that he's driven off the demons by the time they reach phase four. Because what has he done? He's prepared this energumen, the person that's possessed or, or has high level affliction. He's prepared them through the three phases, 120 days to, to, uh, to once again, pursue a life of holiness, work on their interior life, work on their prayer life, become, have a strong sacramental life, become catechized. When you do all those things, the demons lose the grip on you and they just start, it's like a, uh, uh, you know, Frosty the Snowman, they start melting away. They, there's nothing to hold on to anymore when the soul is clean because the soul is like slippery ice. There's nothing to hold on to no more. They hold on because of your mortal sin and they hold on because of your heresy. The, 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 the lack of catechesis, when you start saying dumb things like, oh yeah, Mary had kids, guess what? That demon that you invited, he's not leaving because they hold on to heresy. Or you're saying, oh yeah, uh, Jesus is not God. I think he's just a carpenter. He's just a good guy. He's a teacher. Guess what? That demon's not going to leave because you invited him through mortal sin, but he's going to stay there through heresy. And so this is the four-phase protocol that we're going through, but this is, Eddie and me are doing a deep dive on phase two. Yes, that's the blessing of this book. You know, the, the idea is to loosen the grip of the demons. Yes, and so, bingo. Uh, and you know what happens is when Father does, you know, you and I, you know, as this, as this program becomes more and more well-known, Priests are learning about it. They're getting people on a protocol. So, Jess, you and I were doing this way back when, when we were fighting and rolling with people in the, on the on the sanctuary, <laughs> trying to keep them down. But now they don't have to do this. When Dan told me that the other day, they got rid of all their handlers. Then, I, God bless them. They're doing great work. <laughs> yeah, it's because we used to get people that were just completely, uh, I mean, not uncatechized, 
walking in in complete mortal sin, no prayer life, no interior life. And you know what it was, Eddie? It was a UFC fight in many instances. (laughs) And you know, we were young enough back then to handle it, Jess. I'm not so enthusiastic (laughs) about doing that anymore. Me neither. All right, go ahead and pick it up. Okay, so the social laws given to the newly formed community led out of Egypt show the seriousness of idolatry. You shall not let a woman who practices sorcery live. Anyone who lies with an animal shall be put to death. Whoever sacrifices to any god except the Lord alone shall be put under the ban. That's in Exodus 22. Elsewhere, the Lord reiterates the severity of recourse to demon gods. And he says, anyone, whether an Israelite or an alien residing in Israel, who gives any of his offspring to Molech shall be put to death. Now, Molech was Molech was the uh, the god of uh, child sacrifice. For in the for in the giving his offspring to Molech, he has defiled my sanctuary and profaned my holy name. Leviticus twenty one through three. Equally offensive in the eyes of God are those who entice others to such sin. A man or woman who acts as a medium or clairvoyant shall be put to death. They shall they shall be stoned to death. Their blood guilt is on them, Leviticus 20. And there is not to be found among you anyone who causes their son or daughter to pass through the fire or practices divination or is a a soothsayer, augur, or sorcerer, or who casts spells, consults ghosts and spirits, and seeks oracles from the dead. Anyone who does such things is an abomination to the Lord, Deuteronomy 18, Thus, God says through the prophet Baruch, for you provoked your maker with with sacrifices to demons and not to God. You forgot the eternal God who nourished you. That's in Barak 4, 7, Jess. You want to comment on any of that? Yeah, this is, it's it's, all of this is a violation of the first commandment. What I said to Eddie in the last segment, that of all the 10 commandments, that's the worst one to break. And you don't necessarily have to make a demon god in your backyard and bow down and worship to him, although some people do. You go into some people's houses, they have demon deities like Santa Muerte and others. But uh, the fact is, whatever you put, let's just say, uh, you know, uh, you get out of work and all you do is pound beer and watch football. And, and uh, you know, you, you could care less about your kids, about the children, about the teenagers. You're, uh, you could care less about communicating with your wife. Well, guess what? then football has become a, an idol to you. Yeah, you may not be bowing down and worshiping in, in a fetal, in, in, you know, in a prostate position, but the fact is whatever you put before God becomes an idol. And so, in fact, St. Paul actually says in Ephesians chapter 5, I think, what, I forget what verse, he, he says that the idols in the New Testament, get this, Eddie, they're not statues of these demon deities. He says the, the New Testament idols are sex and the love of money in other words how many people this is all they have in their mind is their next sexual encounter sex sex and i gotta masturbate i gotta watch pornography i gotta get i gotta go to bed this weekend with with a a different girl i got sex 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 that's idolatry saint paul talks about it and also those people that all they're workaholics, they work 80 hours a week plus, all they want to do is money, money, money. I need to make money, invest, invest, buy, buy more, get more wealth, get more wealth. That, those are the idols that we're dealing with here in America right now.
Jess, you know, it's funny because you can go back to how many people I, I am involved in, in the intake of, of these people. So I do a lot of interviews. Matter of fact, we're doing one today after the show. Jess, but when you start thinking about people that have never been involved with the Ouija board or some other occult, just it's very rare. So almost everybody's involved in the occult, the Ouija board, or some other other thing. And say sex perversion, it's everywhere. Just this is not an exaggeration. This is exactly what's happening in the society today. And now I understand, you know, we're seeing the the Catholics that are not in the pews every day. But you know what, Jess, it's still out there, and that's a harming. That's that's harming our church as as one unity. It's, it's harming it. Yeah, I have an I have an intake I'm doing this afternoon and. As I was talking to the person over the phone, and he, he was he was telling me about all the preternatural activity that's happening with him and in his house. It's bad. It's really bad. And um, and then I said, okay, let's 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 look at some of the open doors. I said, open doors. I said, here are the three main open doors: sex, the occult, and and, and intoxication. I said, do you live a clean sex life? He goes, well, kind of. He goes, I I'm a homosexual. I said, oh. I said. Are you the male or the female? He goes, both. Oh, I said, uh, were you have been, ever been married? Yeah, but we're divorced because I cheat on my wife. I was I, I used to cheat on her all the time. Oh, so you're an adulterer and a homosexual that gives and takes. Yeah, yeah. And Eddie, as he's talking to me, to, to him, when I asked him, do you is your sex life clean? He goes, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm a homosexual. It's clean. In, in other words, Eddie, he didn't even have the ability to process that cheating on his wife offends God as a mortal sin and being a homosexual of, of the male kind and female kind is also a mortal sin. It didn't even dawn until I told him, I said, you know, this offends God. Really? He goes, yeah. I said, this is one of the ways that you've invited a demon into your life. Really? Demons come in that way? I said, absolutely. I mean, it, it just the lack of catechesis is astounding, Eddie. And, you know, just you could you could assign that to his catechesis and it's it's proper that we do but what kind of formation was he given as a man how was he raised i bet you anything his father was the same way his mom probably had similar issues and so you know we're we're trying to fight generations of people uh i hope god gives us enough time to take care of that just because uh, that's what we need is time to get these people back on board re reordered in their life yes yes yeah, that's the that's the definition of healing according to Liber Christo is to reorient the person, his intellect, and his will back to God the Father through Jesus Christ. And uh that's uh that's like pulling weeds, Eddie, in many instances. All right, it is, family. It is. Okay, family. Remember, St. Father Pio says, pray hope and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful, and God will hear your prayer. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, same Christ time, same Christ channel. Up next, Gary Machuda coming to you for the Midwest Command Center. As for us, EOW, end of watch. We are out.